This episode is brought to you by the Podcast Services Division at Life's Tough Media. Having your own podcast allows you to creatively reach all types of audiences, from clients to prospects, to your most loyal membership base. And by utilizing studio affiliates located around the world, coupled with quality remote recording capabilities, Life's Tough Media makes having a corporate podcast easier than ever before. Contact us for a no-obligation consultation at info at lifestuff.com or visit lifestuff.com to learn more. Welcome to Life's Tough. You can be tougher. I'm Dustin Planholt, your host. This is a show where we talk about life and we talk purpose and we meet some people along the way that become our guides. They give us our fuel that keep us from becoming volunteer victims ourselves. These are people that fight back and people that don't quit. Today's guest is Cheryl Miller. Cheryl knows that life's tough. As a young woman, she found herself living as a homeless single mother on welfare. Determined to right the ship, Cheryl accepted the generosity of those willing to help her, and she went on to receive a bachelor's and a graduate degree. She also started an organization that helps other women who have overcome the hugest of obstacles, incarceration, addiction, domestic violence, to find meaningful careers. Let's welcome her on now. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dustin, and I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I got to tell you, your book, Business Doing Good, Engaging Women, and Elevating Communities. I mean, what preempted you to start this? Take us from the beginning. Tell us your story. Well, um, what, what, why, the reason we wanted to write the book was because of the work that I was doing in a nonprofit organization here in our community. I ran a housing program for 18 years. And the women in that housing program ran a social enterprise. And over the years, it evolved into an incredibly powerful model. And so um, we decided to write a book about it so other communities could replicate the process. Um, And so and also for businesses to really challenge, really challenge businesses to step up to the plate and become part of the solution for some of the biggest problems our society is facing prior to working at the nonprofit, I was a elementary school teacher. And prior to that, I was a single mom with two children born into the welfare system. Born into the welfare system. Correct. So it sounds like you then have empathy, that you understand what people are going through, at least throughout our country. And that sometimes for no fault of their own, people are thrown into these situations. Correct. In my situation, and and also, and also in the, the situations with some of the women that we served in our housing program, uh, there were there were choices that were made that were not the best choices that led to situations that were not that great. <laughs> so, yeah, and so now when you talk about you know kind of giving back or or doing good, what does that mean? Well, the, the, the book was written for business owners and business people. And the challenge was to, to say to business people, you really need to step up to the plate because one of the solutions that 
is facing so many problems that we have in our society is our jobs. People need good jobs. They need good paying jobs with benefits. And uh, so we wrote the book to say one of the ways businesses can do good is by providing those jobs to the non-traditional workforce. We call them women overcomers. They're women who have had challenging pasts. It could be they've been formerly incarcerated. They've come out of years of addiction. Maybe they come out of generational poverty, homelessness, or maybe even exiting the sex industry. And and the, the premise is they do good by hiring, but the real truth is they benefit just as much, if not more, because the women that come out of those situations who are ready to take on the world and ready to make the changes will become some of the most valuable employees. And in a season right now where finding employees is such a big issue, it, it's, just really a, it's just really a win-win situation. Uh, that's amazing. And so I, I imagine that you've seen some transformations, you know, some business owners that maybe had a particular mindset, they, they thought a certain way and yet it changed. Tell us about one of those. Well, here locally, we had several businesses that were partnering with our nonprofit and originally they, they were like our leadership team that was acting as a shark tank to help vet, uh, business plans for women who wanted to launch their own business because we were doing micro lending. Uh, but when they saw the success of the women and how and what they were able to accomplish, those businesses started hiring women and 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 they started recommending other people to look at, you know, to 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 reach out to our organization for potential employees because they were some of their best employees. I just came back from a, a trip to Indiana and Illinois. This I was there for the past couple of days. And I met with uh, some business leaders for uh, several companies. And the very next day, one of the, the the person in charge of HR called me and said, "I just I just hired this woman, overcomer, just exactly like you were talking about, and we've already given her some responsibilities." And so even within just the past few days, there are businesses that are stepping in and starting to try out the you know try out the test the waters and see what it's going to be like. So it's really exciting. And th that sounds like it. So now what do you define or how do you define a, a good employee? I mean, talk to the people out there that are looking for work. They're looking to come back into the workplace. What does it take? Well, I think the non I mean, I think the, the, the skills that we typically would call soft skills are the ones that are really valuable. Are you, are the, are you hardworking? Are you on time? Are you going to, are you going to show up? Are you going to do the things that you need to do? The women that I worked with, that were that that were trying to get their lives together they came with resilience and tenacity and and willingness and dedication and so and because of the context that we created in our nonprofit with this entrepreneurial culture and leadership opportunities they had learned to think on their feet and be really creative but the reality is they also learned that in the streets i mean if you're in addiction and you're on the streets or if you're a single mom with in poverty you have to be creative. You have to be tenacious. And so they bring all these wonderful skills that some non-traditional employees just don't have. I mean, some traditional employees just don't have. You know, in, in terms of resources, I mean, what sort of resources does this group have? Uh, and what are some of the nonprofits out there? And tell us about yours that are focusing on helping this group. Well, I don't run that nonprofit anymore. Um, I, I left about four years ago to launch my own business doing training and consulting because, like I said, I knew we, we needed to get this idea out into the world. But there are nonprofits that are starting to take up the challenge of really looking at creating training programs and opportunities within their nonprofits 
that embrace the principles that we write about in the book. You know, are you creating experiential learning opportunities? Are there immediate leadership opportunities? Do you have an entrepreneurial culture? And so that's what we're really challenging nonprofits to do as they provide services. You know, and your company, I mean, what are some of the individuals or, or who are some of the, uh, the different companies out there that you're working with? Well, when we, we've, we've actually just started, you know, the book just came out a week ago, but when we were, when we were looking for endorsers originally, one of the, one of the people that reached out to us was, uh, uh, a person with the HR department in with PepsiCo and she endorsed the book. And then she also said she was really interested in implementing the principles. And so we've had some conversations with her about that. And, and like I said, I was in Indiana, met with a, a, a local business there and, and, you know, they all have the book now and looking into it. That, that sounds quite exciting. And now, so take us from this process. You, you have this idea and I love entrepreneurs. You have an idea about a book. How'd you get it out of your head? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because the, can I give you a little bit of a backstory? Please do. Okay. Well, you know, we were running this nonprofit and we were having all this success, but we're just, I, I mean, I live in a little town in you know South Texas. I mean, it's a small rural community and um, I, I get a phone call from my co-author. I didn't know her then, but she was working on her doctoral dissertation and she, her research was to, for women who had successfully transitioned out of the sex industry and they needed to have been out for at least two years. And so she had reached out to nonprofits that were working with women, you know, in the trafficking arena and couldn't find enough participants. I think she only had two participants when somebody recommended that she contact us. And so she did. And, and so I put her in touch with some of our women. By the time her research was complete, she had worked with four different nonprofits to get participants from her research. But 60% of the women in her research came from our housing program alone. And so when she wow. saw that, yeah. So when she saw that, she looked a little deeper into why was that the case? And she also says that the transformation that she saw for the women that came out of our program, as opposed to the other nonprofits, the transformations were far more dramatic than anything else. And so she was really intrigued by it. So she and I got together and that's kind of how the book came about was, you know, looking at her research, looking at our models, trying, trying to trying to find the language that described why it was working, what was happening in that context, in that, you know, social enterprise, in that housing program that was making it so successful. And that's where the six principles that are in the book came from. And tell us about those six principles. What are they? The first one is experiential learning, create an environment where their women are learning independently because you tend to remember things that way better. The second one is immediate leadership opportunities. The third one is creating an entrepreneurial culture or working within an entrepreneurial culture. The fourth one is translation factor, taking the skills that were in place that may have even been viewed as negative out of from their past lifestyle and translating that into a positive context in their in in the work in the work environment. Uh, the fifth one is having a restorative practices approach, restorative justice approach, and then a three point partnership where businesses partner directly with nonprofits and the women themselves. Wow. Very powerful. And putting that together, I mean, what did it take to decide on those steps? I mean, there's a lot of steps you can take in your journey. Why those? It just, it, it just, those were the pieces that were, that when we implemented those few different elements, the original, the original social enterprise evolved over, you know, like seven years and we just kept trying things till it got better. And it, and it, and it evolved into those 
those principles. And so it was just a matter of crafting the language to explain what we were looking at. When we gave women leadership opportunities, it, they were so honored that people trusted them with to be able to do something. When when they were doing in, experiential learning and they would be given a task with something they had no clue what to do and they accomplished it, they would realize, oh my gosh, I'm so much more than I have given myself credit for. And so it kind of turned on this, this self-efficacy within them that I could I could do anything. And that's exactly what happened. They started accomplishing crazy stuff. Wow. So you went from a place in life where someone was helping you to now you're giving back and you're helping others. And so talk about the mentorship aspect. I mean, being a mentor, it comes with a lot. It can be, it could be, uh, you know, physically and, and mentally exhausting. So how do you refuel yourself and what's some of the guidance and advice that you're giving to others? Gosh, I haven't even thought about that. Um, to be honest, you know, when I don't know that I was mentored as much as I was challenged and encouraged in my particular journey. You know, I, I said I had two children that were born into the welfare when I was back when I was pregnant and I was single and I was being evicted from my apartment, had nowhere to live. Um, people intervened and, and helped me. And, and, and you know, I, I stayed at different places for a while before I finally landed at a place where I could stay long enough to get some stuff done. They really challenged me and encouraged me to do something different, to go back to school. And, you know, I was just, that was, I, that was going to be my first child. And I found out when I went into labor that I wasn't having one baby, I was having twins. And wow. I, yeah. And then I also found out those twins were two and a half months premature. And so mm. they were born, those the two babies that were born in the welfare system were actually the twins and they only weighed three pounds when they were born. And so, so not only was I a single mom of two, but I was a single mom of two newborn infants, very sick infants. And so it wasn't, it, it wasn't as much as mentoring as it was coming alongside me, really helping me you know, watching the kids, giving me encouragement, helping me get back to school, helping me find a car, that type of thing. So when we started our housing program, that's the same thing that we wanted to do is really say, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? How can we help you support you when you're doing that? And, and that's what we did. Wow. It sounds beautiful that you, you went through this place in life that was challenging and tough and hard, but now, you know, we say on life's tough that, that everyone has a story and every story has a purpose that you can take something that, you know, some people would have quit. They would have given up. They wouldn't have known what to do and how to do it, but you fought through it and you were able to use that story to help now guide others you know, through these moments that no matter what happens to you in life, but to, to be good to people uh, along the way. And it sounds like that's what you did that, you know, even during these challenges, you were still good to people around you. Well, I hope so. I hope they would say it was good. <laughs> Um, and, and I do believe that it was, and, and, you know, when, when I was working in the housing program, people would often think that it, it was challenging and there were challenging moments, but the reality was there were 15 women living at that house on any given day that I got to know very well because they stayed for a period of time and they became my friends and they became people I loved. And it was just me. And I have these, you know, these other, these 10 other women loving me that's, and, and in that situation, I mean, it was mutual respect and mutual but I felt like I was the one winning in that situation. I was the one having the best gift. Now that, that to me is somebody that sees the world a little bit different. 
that you do have that empathy for others. And I think the challenge is that unless we've gone into it or we walked in someone else's shoes, we don't really know what, what it is that they're experiencing, what they're feeling. Um, but to us, you get it. And yeah. so now kind of as we, we, when we get close to uh, ending the show, talk about legacy that all of us will have a choice in life. All of us have decisions to make. What does it mean to have a legacy? You know, I've never really necessarily thought about the idea of legacy, but one of the things that we talk about that's very similar is that when you give people an opportunity, especially those who are ready to change and ready to do something different, you're not only impacting that person's life, but you're impacting the generations to come. My two children, I went back to school and I got my bachelor's degree and eventually got a master's degree, but but my my two children, by the time by the time they were old enough to remember, were no longer living in poverty. They both and and we all, I have four children now, and none of them lived in poverty. And my those twins, uh, one of them has an eighteen month old son, and he was not born into poverty. And my daughter, she is having her first baby next week, and he will not be born into poverty. And so generations are impacted. If nothing else, the legacy is if you if you can help that one person know that many others are going to be impacted as well. And my kids know that. They know that they've been given an opportunity and they have that sense of of the gift, of what gift life really can be. What a beautiful message. Thank Life's you. tough. Cheryl Miller, you're tougher. Thanks again for sharing your story on the Life's Tough podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again, Cheryl, for sharing such a powerful and inspiring message. And to the audience out there, what was your takeaway? Mine was helping one person might not change the whole world, but it could change the world for one person. Who's that person today whose world you can change? That maybe it's a simple message of hope from you. An email, a text message. Maybe there's somebody whose bills you could pay. Maybe somebody that you can give back to at the grocery store. Or you're in a line Maybe there's someone you can let in front of you that you see is in a hurry. Because again, helping one person might not change the whole world, but it will, I promise you, change the world for that one person. Life's tough. You can be tougher. See you next time, everyone.